When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. It's Monday night, it's Wednesday night, it's all good no matter what it is because no matter what, it's Monday, Wednesday this week, you get this lovely trio, your future trio's champions. I'm Justin LeVar alongside the Demon Diva Issa down in Puerto Rico and former WWE referee of 20 plus years, Mr. Jimmy Corderas. Boys and girls, how are we doing tonight? 
I'm doing great. Uh, I mean, we, we'll get into the show itself, but every time I get to talk wrestling with you too, I'm super hyped. So at least I'm looking forward to that. That's a great thing, right, Jimmy? Wrestling, you, you like it, you don't like it, you like some, you don't like some, but the best thing is you get together with somebody and you banter about it afterwards. Exactly. And, and again, it's more to, uh, you know, if there's any critique, the critique is not meant to tear down. It's to help, you know, build. And just, again, and it's also an opinion. And uh, my my being involved in this industry since uh, 1980, I've I've formed a lot of opinions. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) A lot of opinions. A lot of opinions. Well, you might have your opinions, too. We encourage you to uh, take part in the live chat if you're watching on uh, YouTube or Twitch. Of course, Super Chat. Spend that money. That'll get you guaranteed a spot on the panel for a moment. Uh, of course, if you are not joining us live, that's okay, too. I understand it's late, depending on what time zone you're in. So uh, we appreciate you checking us out after the fact, video or audio only, wherever you might get your podcast. As always, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a nice comment, or at least a constructive comment. Uh, tell a friend, tweet any of us, let us know where you are, how you enjoy this podcast. It's all good. Uh, AEW Dynamite tonight uh, from Baltimore. You know, I kind of debated, was there any, you know, any major news that wouldn't be necessarily redundant to talk about? I mean, just, just I'm just going to kind of skim through some headlines if there's anything that you guys want to jump out at. But I'll just kind of skim the headlines for those who might be, uh, you know, just checking out this podcast. Maybe hasn't, haven't been on Twitter today or haven't been on Wrestling Inc. today. Uh Vince McMahon, the, 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 the special investigation that had been going on about his, his the allegations around him, supposedly that's completely done now and they can finalize what number, how many millions it is that's been allocated to, to, to those issues. Uh, so Vince reportedly done done so we can stop doing the update uh, of what's going on there. So that's something to, uh, to note about. Uh, WWE, of course, right now in route to uh, Riyadh, Saudi Arabia for Crown Jewel this Saturday. Uh, assuming that event still happens, there will be a live po- podcast reaction here on Wrestling Inc. I will not be on it. I think Roger's on it. Jimmy's on it as well. Uh, Issa, you on Saturday? I am. I will yes. be all there right. with Jimmy and Roger. So there you go. So that, and of course, I did preface it with if it happens. Of course, we hope all happens. But uh, if you're checking out the world news, uh, some scary, scary headlines. So hopefully um, everything can, everybody's okay. Uh, Kane coming under fire today. Mayor Kane, Glenn Jacobs, making some of his comments. Of course, he is on the side of the political aisle, so he stands up for what he's talking about. He's getting all kinds of reactions uh, there. So all kinds of stuff uh, to, to go in and, and, and check out on WrestlingInc.com. But nothing I felt that we needed to spend a whole lot of time, because quite frankly, is either political, which we don't do political, no need to, or we've kind of beat the Vince Bush, you know, enough. And there's a joke in there somewhere, which I will leave alone. Oh, I was hoping I was setting you up. <laughs> I know you were. And, and, you know, as as Edge would tell Boom. you, the king, of, the king of bad jokes decided to sit this one out. <laughs> oh, I was setting you up. I mean, I figured, you know. All right, fine, Jimmy. I, I set him up. You just leave me out there hanging. Like, I go I go for a tag, and you let go of the tag rope and jump off the apron. Yeah, hey, I, I pulled a swerve on you. <laughs> All right. Well, he cut he cut your scissoring hand off. You can't scissor with Jimmy anymore. <laughs> right. That's a great analogy. That kind of segues us into tonight. That's a great nice. analogy. Nice. I like it. I like it. AEW Dynamite coming in from Baltimore, Maryland. You familiar with that place, Lamar? I've been there a time or two. Yeah. Okay. I've been known to 
have a crab cake, uh, take a shot and howl at the moon in the inner Harbor a time or two. It's been, it's been done. Um, all right. Up next, up next, we kick it off Darby Allen up against Jay lethal. Now we knew this one's coming. They give you a little uh, background. Of course, um, these two have been going at it. Uh, Darby's got some taped up ribs. Uh, we, we, we've seen promos, uh, obviously Darby always in a cinematic promos. Jay lethal cut a promo last week talking about, you know, knowing, knowing people from, from, from Darby's past and, and very kind of mysterious. And, and of course we know that Darby kind of, uh, is not going to have sting by his side. He kind of gave that story last week that we touched on. Mm-hmm. So that kind of all relevant information is going to swirl around here in a moment. Uh, so we start off with this one. They start like it's Brock and Bobby. I mean, we're in the aisle way. We're, we're charging each other. We're fighting at the blood feud. And, uh, there's you a think finger. That back. You think uh, that back right now. <laughs> this is why you have to be watching the oh, video so you can see oh, these right. reactions. You got to be able to see oh, your face when I say that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, they're they're fighting and and what have you. Bruhaha. San, uh, you know, here comes Sanya Dutt and Satnam Singh. Uh, their ringside calls and distractions. Mm-hmm. Jay Lethal does a figure four under the barricade. Have you ever have you ever seen that, Jimmy? In all your years, have you seen a figure four applied under the steel mm-hmm. barricade? I don't believe I have. I think that is a first. Was for it's, me, yeah. Well, and my only thing is, is I, I I like these kind of hot starts. I like hot starts mm-hmm. if appropriate in the feud. I like hot starts. Mm-hmm. I like a lot of chaos. I always harp back to Montreal before the screw job went down. The start mm-hmm. of that match, the bell didn't even ring. They just fall over the, the damn place until mm-hmm. they could finally get them in the ring. I like that. My only problem here is they rang the damn bell, <laughs> so the match is actually going on. Yeah, and Bryce is out there trying to get him to get in the ring and he's not counting and he's, you got people out there and i'm like why did we ring the bell so why is that different from any other never mind yeah, i know <laughs> don't I get me started i knew that was coming <laughs> all right so we finally get in the ring match proper's happening jay's really got the upper hand here uh darby starts to come back but at one point uh satinum you know call you know does does get involved and Bryce sees it all, so he now throws Singh and Sonya Dutt out. So he doesn't DQ, he just throws them out. And then as he's busy trying to shuffle those two off, here comes a man dressed as Sting and attacks Darby from behind. And then uh, Darby and tosses Darby in the ring. Jay Lethal hits the lethal injection. One, two, three, that's it. The fake Sting gets revealed to be Cole Carter. Now, I'm very familiar with Cole Carter. He is an IWC wrestling Pittsburgh PA graduate. I'm very familiar with Cole. You know, had a suicide, had him suicide dive on top of me before. So I pop because I'm like, oh, look, it's Cole. But the crowd doesn't have much reaction because, I mean, relatively speaking, he has not had much TV time. Commentary immediately tries to remind everybody at home he's from the factory. Um, but I, I mean, a, a, an interesting choice to do a big reveal of a behind like who's behind a fake sting mask and it be somebody who is very unknown to the TV audience. So right. not much reaction there. Then Sting's music does hit. So now we think Sting's actually going to show up and come and even the numbers only to find is as we're all distracted to the entrance way, a figure has entered the ring and a black hat. He's dressed in all black. It must be the, uh, no, he's got a guitar in hand and it's not Elias. It's double J Jeff Jarrett guitar smash over Darby Allen's head. And uh, he starts to cut a promo. What you uh, worship becomes your weakness. And he calls out all of AEW, mainly the fan base. He has declared war on all mm-hmm. elite wrestling. Lots to unpack here, Jimmy. Um, 
where do you want to go first? That that's that is the problem. There's so much to unpack here. Where do you start? And yes, okay, Cole Carter comes out and is revealed as the as portraying Sting. And like you said, Justin, nobody knew it went over like a fart in church. I mean, it just it, it got no reaction. And now you debut a guy like Jeff Jarrett, which was a huge surprise. Let's put it that way. Why not have Jeff Jarrett? Be the guy dressed as Sting. Yeah. Yes, it's so simple. Simple something. Stick, you know the kiss method. Keep it simple, stupid. They, I think they overthought this thing with all the. We used to do a show up here in in Canada called Aftermath. That should have been the name of a uh, dynamite. Should have been entitled this this week Aftermath because this was the first match that had Aftermath afterwards. Anyways, yeah, I mean, Issa kind of, um, you know, Cole Carter already has like an uphill battle. He's a new guy. You're trying to get on TV. Young guy. I always love young guys on TV. But in a matter of moments, you forgot that. I mean, yeah, he's standing there with the group. But in a matter of moments, you forgot about his debut because it just got overshadowed by the two time Hall of Famer, 12 time world champion man that's been in the business with his family since 1946. Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> like well, yeah. to Jimmy's point, why did Jarrett just not come out? Why didn't he come out as a Sting character? One thousand percent, and they and they failed to go to commercial break. Also, so you went into a Moxley promo like it was so much happening that you never had time to process everything that you just saw. But yeah, that that thing reveal was, oh my god, it felt it, it gave me flashbacks on when they debuted. Uh, the the big guy, what's his name? Um, when when they turned the lights off for him and he oh, showed sat, up and nobody. Yes, thank you. Yeah. So when he when it gave me flashbacks on when they debuted him and he went in the complete opposite direction. Now the match itself, I was actually when I looked at tonight's card, I thought this is the only match. Even though we've seen it before, it had a storyline behind it. Everything else kind of felt like thrown together this week, where we have seen Darby Allen get put under the garage door and get put in the figure four. To your point about the barricade, we have seen a lot of variations of this figure four and how Jay Leto can apply it to you regardless. However, Justin, I was just, I was actually very surprised that he fit under the barricade because like the room is like this much. So I was like, how skinny is he? <laughs> Somebody fit him a sandwich. But I mean, we all know his father Sting left to get milk and never came back. Apparently, I'm very happy for Jeff Jarrett. I was here for the for Jeff Jarrett being here. But it did feel like his reveal was a little, it just, I kind of sour on it because of the reveal that we have prior to it. They try to do too much. I mean, like somebody that I know will say about the potato sack, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it all happened between the first 10 minutes of the show. And I'm like, Jesus, like, relax, take it easy. Well, but you also have to make sure that you're dealing with a sack of potatoes. You're not dealing with a sack of shit. I, I th- th- this 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 sometimes borders where potatoes I can make mashed potatoes I can make French fries I, I can make I, you almost made me choke on my moscato <laughs> you can make potato skins you can do a lot of things with potatoes but so sometimes they got potatoes and I see good things to be made of and then sometimes it's just shit here's here's my other thing I overall there was a lot to unpack and yeah I would I would I would I would I would, I would have Jared just be the only reveal in the segment. If you want to get Cole Carter to the rub and get him with these guys, okay. doesn't have to be this week. Let it be in a few weeks where Jarrett, who's been, his family's been in the business since 1946, he's scouting talent. They're on Rampage. He scouts Cole Carter, recruits Cole. Like, that, would have been, been a, that would have been a more effective route for Cole Carter than ripping up a sting mask when everybody's expecting a bigger name. Mm-hmm. My other question, I'll go to this, is, again, hindsight 2020, we had the luxury of armchair quarterback in this thing 28 minutes after it gets off of the air. 
you got Jeff freaking Jarrett, who in this year was on WWE TV and, and was an executive in the company, was part of the Ric Flair last match thing. Uh, what the hell else? He's been in, he was in, I think he was in a GCW show in the Manhattan Center, I believe. You know, I think he had a match there. Yeah, against, yes, he was. Mm-hmm. Like he's, I mean, Jeff Jarrett is carny AF. This man, this man gets around and gets paid and does his shtick, slap nuts. End the show with this. One thousand yeah, yeah. nothing more to be said at this time. You've advertised this match <laughs> oh, of, of, of you've advertised this match of Darby and Jay Lethal. It's a blood feud to the point where they're fighting in the damn aisleway and refs are waving and bending the rules like it's gumby. Why does it have to start the show? Why can't it end? The pacing right. and the booking of this show sometimes is one of the biggest factors that hurt it. The way that they book these shows, and it feels like you go backward. It feels like you start on a high, and then it just like it, it brings you down and down and down. I, I I was watching it on stream, and I was like, "What is the main event? Like, what are you going to? Because this should not be main eventing compared to some of the other things that we saw tonight." No, I hear you, and and to to the point that Justin made earlier, or you made, I think he said was right after the match. They went to an, an interview instead of going to a commercial break. It, it they almost seem intent on every match having a commercial break with picture in picture. We have to go to a commercial break with picture in picture. I mean, unless they have, unless Turner has some analytics that's told them that it's somehow helping. I have to. That's the only thing I can figure. Why do they keep uh, doing that? Uh, because they just do. Yeah, but there was a, it was if they went into a commercial break five minutes in, it was yeah. a picture in picture, like you said, and then they just threw all of these things together where you just don't mm-hmm. have time to analyze and kind of like think about what we just saw. Mm-hmm. I was actually at one point begging for a commercial break so that I could process, take a breather, and move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Roman wanted a commercial break here. Yeah, I mean, I had like more than half of my page <laughs> was taken up just by trying to take notes of this first uh, segment. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's do some. Uh, let's do some paying customers. Uh, Jose for says event moved to PC time change to seven PM Eastern. Jose, if you're talking about uh, Crown Jewel, I saw that hoax. It was a fake mm-hmm. press release circulating around Twitter. It is not real as of yet. WWE is not. Right. Uh, WWE is still very much. Uh, the show is still on yeah. at the same time as of, at the same as of, place as, as, of, as of right now. As of yes, as of ten thirty p.m. Eastern time, uh, Wednesday night, November second. Mm-hmm. That is false. That is a, a fake, fake news. Uh, let's see here, Sergio. Sergio had two. Let me make sure I get the. Does it matter which one comes first? I'll go with the timestamps here. Uh, Sergio, big money, big money. Uh, or uh, I'm sorry, Sega. I'm saying Sergio, Sega. Sega Genesis says Jeff Jarrett was annoying as Double J, then in the Horseman, then back in the WWF, then back in WWE with Russo, then in TNA. I've been watching wrestling since I was three. I'm too old to have to deal with Jeff Jarrett on my TV. He goes on to say Jeff Jarrett is the one man who was a part of the worst variation of WWE for Horseman and the the worst variation of WCW and WWO. As soon as Jarrett gets attached to something on screen, it turns black. It shrivels up. (laughs) So quite the the history. I don't know if I totally agree with that, but at the same time, that's your opinion. And then Sega, you know, hey, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. I think Jeff Jeff Jarrett has a great mind for this industry. That's as someone who I, got to 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 work with him and under him and and get to listen and hear him. Man, uh, they got a very. Hopefully, they take advantage of his knowledge there. That's exactly what I said on my stream. Thank you, Jimmy. I said oh. having the mentality and the brain that, that Jeff Jarrett is with his knowledge backstage in AW, not AW, any company will benefit mm-hmm. from having 
Jeff Jarrett backstage just to kind of like swing ideas with and discuss wrestling with. I think it's a, I think it's a win for AW. But listen, two twenty dollars super chats. Your opinion is great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. Um, I because I, I actually I mean Sega. I know Sega's trying to be kind of funny and cute in his thing, but in his critiquer. But I'll say this: there was a point. There was a long point in time, especially as I was growing up, that I you know you did look and it's like. Uh, there were a, a series of times where it did feel like Jarrett was being either manufactured, like you're trying to, they're trying to make you feel like he was a, a bigger star than he had yet been perceived by the audience. And then when he's, you know, he's running TNA and like, so the, I, I, I get that there is a certain perception at, at periods of time where it's like the booking does not warrant what necessarily, again, I feel like the audience perception of him is that said, that's kind of when he was in the, you know, in the thick of it, full-time star. I think now, especially that he's, you know, he's, you know, I don't want to say retired. I don't I think he'll probably end up having a match here in AW, but I think now that he's on the, you know, the, the tail end of his career, he's in the, he's in the, he's in the, you know, the retirement years, you know, where he can make his own schedule and, 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 you know, part-time as an executive and this and that. I do think it's, it's obvious like, man, this guy's got staying power to be part of the business as long as he has, of course, the family history and knowing, you know, as Jimmy, uh, you know, who's worked with him, it can say he's guy's got so much knowledge. He has a lot to offer. So from a live full-time performer, Sega, I actually share some of those critiques. He was not a bright spot of the NWO, <laughs> the V, which is barely the NWO. He's not a bright spot of, of that version of the four horsemen. Uh, he, he was, he was, he was, being pushed as the top guy and the dog dying days of WCW and Russo and those guys. So I can see all that as fair critique, but I do think in, in, in real fairness, looking at his entire career, he is somebody that's, he's worth a paycheck to have around only if you're going to listen to him. If, the if reveal didn't listening. help though. The reveal no. didn't help his welcome into AEW. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see where it lands. And sir, I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give uh, Sergio this this one. He says, like Mike Graham said, WCW Jeff broke a million guitars and never drew a dime. Oh. I do remember that quote. Mm-hmm. So Jeff Jarrett, slap, he got to use slap notes. I, I, I'm all for that. If Jeff Jarrett gets to use language, he got to use mm-hmm. uh, you know, when he got when he got to break out of his country music double J, and he got to be just a Jeff Jarrett unhinged in WCW right. and slap nuts and don't piss me off and i'm all for that right. little jeff mm-hmm. Jarrett with an edge yeah i don't mean adam copeland we get a quick little vignette here more of delete the elite we didn't really we saw one of these last week it kind of came out of nowhere now we've had a week to kind of absorb and talk about this and think about it we've we've heard the rumors of course it seems like uh, the bucks and kenny are imminently going to return uh it, apparently the investigation is wrapped up apparently we have decided who we're going to side with between CM Punk and the other side. Um, what do you guys make of these these videos? What do you think the angle is of the Bucks and Kenny coming back? I mean, uh, it, it feels like they're going to become they're going to come back and be received as baby faces, right? Given all that the audience knows right now. It, it certainly seems that way, at least from the from what we've seen so far and how the audience is going to react and and of course the stories online that people are reading uh, you know, what, what's true, what's not, he said, she said. So uh, I think, um, I think you're right, Justin. I think they, they will be perceived as baby faces coming back and, uh, you know, making uh, Punk out to be the big bad uh, uh, guy. He used to be the, the guy who sits on the stage and, and, and uh, you know, drops pipe bombs everywhere. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure they'll be received as baby faces and, and I appreciate these video packages. However, with full gear around the corner and you're only booking one official match for full gear, why not rush it and put the elite on your pay-per-view so that you sell a couple of extra tickets? Because if you go on StubHub and all of these tickets websites, there's a lot of tickets available for full gear. If they if it's being presented as sold out, which I haven't seen, it's sold out by sculptors because you can't get a ticket to, to full gear right now for $50. You mean to tell me if you don't bring the elite out today and book them on a match for full gear, that's not going to sell you tickets? I think it will. So I don't know why you will wait even longer to, to, to put them on TV and, and get a match on them. Uh, yeah, and the and the biggest match you have advertised for Full Gear, you barely even promoted tonight. You didn't even have one of the participants on there tonight, which uh, we'll get to here in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't like that. Like They have months to build these pay-per-views because you're only doing four with mm-hmm. Forbidden Door, five pay-per-views a year. And the fact that you're just putting three matches on the night before a Rampage, the one thing that I like is having months to build these fields. And not. it has been a while since this felt like, actually since Full Gear last year, when Hangman Adam Page claimed the title from Omega. That felt like a long story that, that had it coming. But it just felt like recently, the last few pay-per-views, the matches have been put together in the last two weeks. What is the point then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one more from Sega. He's making it rain. and I think he's going to drop the subject. <laughs> he says, uh, Jimmy, great mind. Good in the ring. Never over on screen he knows how to get in the in with the right people and he has good ideas but he the character has never been as over as he's been pushed of course talking uh, again about jeff jarrett um, okay i get your i get your point sega but then again like i said i i i wasn't talking about how over he was how much money he drew i'm talking about the mind of this guy he is very very smart which surprised me that he went along with what was uh presented tonight i thought maybe he might have had I don't know if he had any input in it or they decided they wanted to go in that direction. But like I like like we've been saying, it could have been he could have been debuted a, a little better than he was tonight. And, and that's what makes you wonder. Maybe he gave the input of like, hey, why don't you but this is maybe too many. But but who knows? Maybe he got overruled. That's the thing. It's like I said earlier, it's great to have a guy like this around. But you got to listen to him. So that's the thing. Tony Khan can have as many smart people around him. But he's got to listen to him. Exactly. So we'll see. You really think they're going to talk him out of a segment with 10 people in the ring at the end of it? Because that's what happens at the end of every segment in AEW. So. Uh, uh, are you reading my notes there, Issa? It's like after. No, I'm just night. drinking wine. <laughs> <laughs> so your notes are my brain on, on wine, apparently. There you, there you go. There you go. Yeah, that's why I was saying they, they should, uh, you know, it should be AEW Dynamite Aftermath because there's always aftermath after every match. I like that. Your your thoughts for me is my mind on wine. <laughs> nice. That's great. All right. Well, we get uh, John Moxley in this uh, you know world title eliminators match, which means obviously if the challenger wins, then he gets the chance at the world title. It's Moxley up against Lee Mor- Moriarty, and uh, Moxley does have Regal coming through the crowd for the first time ever. That's because uh, Moriarty he's going to have. Um, uh, he's going to have uh, the, the, the Ethan Page on commentary up at the, at the uh, stage. So they keep Regal down ringside. Um, uh, I mean, I, the biggest story of this match was the fact that the Baltimore Ravens walked through the crowd and, and Lamar Jackson got MVP and pay Lamar chance. So that was kind of the uh, the focus in this match overall. Uh, ultimately, though, Moxie will get the win uh, via tap out. Ethan Page yeah, the is the world gonna... champion on the second match on the card. Mm-hmm. That, well, that's what you turn Moxley's ring into. Well, and then Ethan Page comes down, and so the numbers they beat 
down Moxley. And so this is your time. You think we're MJF. We, again, we were going to have, we, and we see no MJF. Right. And now I know, <sighs> I know he got put through a table last week, but it seems kind of ridiculous when we, when we defy logic and rules and all the other times that we do, and that we've already talked about mm-hmm. that. This is the, this is the hill that we're going to try to stick logic and cohesion on that. We're going to keep the hottest act in professional wrestling right now off of TV this week when you're three weeks out from a show that as Issa just said is not sold out and he's the big he's in your world title match. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I mean I mean I mean Daddy Ass got his fingers cut off and he was there tonight. Right. You can't make right. it there after a table bump. Come on, bro. Oh and and, and they barely sell anything anyways. At least MJF is selling something. I will give him credit for that at least. But it's at the same time the timing of everything just seems so off and i hate to go on a bit of a rant here too this whole championship eliminators match is just ridiculous i look i'm not a big fan of non-title matches to begin with i'm a big fan of people earning an opportunity at a world championship or whatever championship it may be but a championship eliminators match is is a stipulation where you have to beat the champion in order to get a championship match Therefore, you have to beat the champion twice. Yeah, to be the to champ, me, you gotta beat the champ and then beat the champ again. That's how right. It works. To me, that makes absolutely zero sense. And don't get me wrong, I've seen this in WWE as well. Uh, so it's not just a, a, an AEW thing, but they're they've taken it to another level where they actually gave the, the match uh, a, an official title, championship mm-hmm. eliminators match. You you haven't seen that in WWE since Roman Reigns have been champ. Just pointing mm-hmm. that out. Hmm. Just- just, just go out and say it. It's, it's, it's dumb. It's bad. It <laughs> yeah, I, I just, um, I, 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 Roman Reigns feels like such a big deal in WWE, and a lot, of, a lot of people are critical of his lack of appearances, but I think that helps him because I get that there is a, there's a factor going in here that these matches feel very predictable. Max is gonna whatever you put in there against into full gear, right? Like we know. Mm-hmm. So not only are you going into it knowing that Mox is going to win, but I don't know a time that Roman that hasn't felt like he's going to win. <laughs> and he still doesn't make his matches any less interesting or you don't want to see them. And it's because it feels like a, like a special feature, like, like, like a, it feels larger than life. Not even putting him in the main event and throwing him on Fridays too. Like not only you having a dynamite, you're having a rampage. Moxley to matter more. Lisa froze up on me. Yeah, she's frozen up. Oops. She's frozen. All right, there she is. Oh, she she back? Yeah. Sorry. You got us? <laughs> there we go. Uh, Tony Khan doesn't like my opinion. Yeah, can you guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, we got you now. Right. You, fr- you froze as you were giving your speech. You were like very into it. Your hand was up and... I know, I know, but you know what? All I'm saying is the matches feel predictable and Moxley doesn't feel like a world champ, right? No, and and, you know, I know we're going to get to what was the main event of the night and stuff like that, but here is your AEW, your champion uh, in the second match. It's not even like a crossover segment to the next hour or anything like that. I mean, like, it it just made it feel like just another match with your world champion in it. Indeed. And there was an interview with Paul Heyman a couple of years back, and I and I recall him saying that 
you know, the people that he represents, and you see it in Roman and you see it in Brock Lesnar, they're not mm -hmm. closing the show, they're opening it, but they're in a spot where they feel important. And and that's the point here. Just throwing your world champ in the mm -hmm. middle of the in the show, it just doesn't feel like a, it didn't feel like a big deal. And it's not just because the matches feel predictable. It just doesn't. I want more more for Mox. And then at the end, everybody becoming involved like always. Yeah. It just takes away from Mox is the world champ of this company. Yeah. yeah. But we're in Baltimore and Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. Uh, I like this next segment here. I like the what we got going on here. A uh, little redundant if you watch Monday, but I, I'm not going to be one of those people that's going to harp to that because I don't think that they, mm. I don't think that that's like a part of the decision making. It's just funny. Uh, Renee is supposed to have a sit down with both Soraya and Dr. Britt Baker, but Britt <laughs> kind of pulling a Brock. She ain't doing a sit down interview. Uh, and we will get uh, some more from Britt later. But so this becomes a one on one with Renee and Soraya. Um, you know, Soraya putting over her uh, her accomplishments. Um, talking about how there's something special in AEW and she really wants to come and help continue this uh, women's division. And then the, Renee asks about the elephant in the room, about her mm -hmm. medical, and it goes through the history of her injuring her neck five years ago in the ring and uh, spinal fusion and all that good stuff. And basically says, you know, what's your medical situation? And uh, we were going to get the answer, but then she says, you know what? I got one more doctor I want to consult. Uh, a little tagline there. I, I get the trying to get people uh, to suspense that, oh, next week I want to find out what's going on. But at the same time, here's someone you signed who hasn't got medically cleared yet. And you don't have a rule for them. That To me, again, I, I like a little bit of logic. And I know that sometimes in pro wrestling, stuff isn't quite as logical as it is in the real world. But at the same you time. You asking for logic? Not very oozy, Jimmy. This is wrestling. Come not on. Not very oozy. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I got to get, I gotta get more oozy then. I'm not oozy enough. I'm not feeling the oozy. Uh, my favorite part about this segment was Soraya saying that she was watching AEW and felt that the women's division needed some help. After what we saw later, girl, this women's division needed an exorcism. It doesn't need help. You needed to show up with a priest and some holy water because it needs more than help. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I mean, she basically. Yeah, she did. She did say that. Um, uh, G Lee says, "Yeah, how's her helping hand working out?" <laughs> I'll give it a little bit of time. I'll give it some time. Like, look for example. Yeah. And I think she said next week. So if in fact she is going to be, if she is going to have her first match back, it's going to be her and Britt. And that's been, and that, and that gets added to full gear, and that helps move a needle with full gear. Then, uh, then, then I think that that's. So I'm not going to answer that question just yet, Julie, because he or she could have, she could have an impact. Well, let's see. Um, you know, let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm, will, I'm willing to wait and see if, if it moves the needle. Right. Can't wait for them to follow the match of the night and get five minutes on the car like they always do on pay per views. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, it's up next. It's time for the Daddy Ass Birthday Bash. Uh, of course, Daddy Ass has got his uh, his uh, his fingers are all bandaged up, so he can't do the scissoring. And and mind you, can I also tell you this is also when my uh, seven year old daughter decides to be in the room and 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 wants to sit on her iPad as as the TV's on. And I, you know, I'm like, let's, let's go to the other room. I don't need to. Wait, she's <laughs> how old is she? She's she's seven and you a half just, now. You just oh. age me so much. I remember. Okay, whatever. I'm not gonna go feel old right now. But I remember you telling me you were expecting your first baby, and she's seven. Oh, yeah, seven and a half. I need so. a drink. I need yeah. a drink. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So this is fun. So we, this is basically uh, this is basically kind of a merch time. We get to unveil some new acclaimed merch. They have now, now have the foam scissors, which is a brilliant idea. Yeah. Don't Everybody. act like you don't want them. I'm going I, to full gear, and oh. I'm like, I hope they're selling them because I want this freaking scissor <laughs> I mean, brilliant. I, I mean, obviously the classic. Yeah. The classic, you know, foam finger number one. Then the mm -hmm. Austin took advantage of the middle finger. I mean, have mm -hmm. some foam fingers that, you, that everybody has up, and mm -hmm. uh, so that's good. Uh, yeah, we get some other gifts. Uh, also, the final gift is that uh, the acclaimed has adoption. Uh, they have adoption <laughs> papers. They just need Billy to sign so he can be their official daddy. Uh, but before he can sign that, here comes right. Billy's real sons, Colton and Austin. And they said even though they weren't invited, they still got him a gift, and that gift was the seven foot W Morrissey, mm -hmm. who lays out the acclaimed and Billy Gunn. Uh, Colton and also come down to help uh, put the boots to it, and then FTR runs them mm. off. So, uh, oh, I mean, I, 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 I always walk away from most of these acclaimed daddy ass uh, segments smiling. I'll be honest, I do. No, they're a lot of fun. They are. They really are. But again, you got to know when to pull the plug on a segment and and not overdo it. Again, trying to. Uh, you know, it's. I'm, I'm going to try something different instead of doing the potato analogy. We're going to need a bigger boat. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtown's Healthcare in Denver. Downtown's Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. There's just, just too much going on afterwards. Sometimes Always. you just got to let never things fail. breathe. Yeah. I was trying to be nice by saying sometimes, but yeah. No, it's always. It was pretty yeah. much every match here. Mm -hmm. I, I love this segment. I thought it was so wholesome. I I, I I can't I can't get enough of them, right? I I love but if I'm gonna nitpick, which I always do, that's what we do here. Mm -hmm. The segment between Swerve and and, and and Billy Gunn came off like almost out of a horror movie on Friday. Like this man has kidnapped him. So when they announced this, even as I'm looking at the card and previewing it, I'm like, are we really going to have Billy Gunn there? Because last we saw him, he was kidnapped and had his fingers cut off like Michael Myers on Halloween Kill. So what are we going to get here? And then he just comes out like nothing. How did they find him? Okay, uh, now I'm asking for logic, Jimmy. Now I'm you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he escaped the Firefly Funhouse. Yes. Yeah. So I'll put, I'll suspend my disbelief for a second. I need to know where I can find this uh, greatest daddy trophy so I can get it for Roman Reigns, if you know what I mean. But outside of that, I really, really like this. I thought it was awesome. And the, the adoption certificate, I, I pop for that huge. Mm -hmm. I like seeing FTR still lifting those titles and teasing that they're that they're looking for them. But I'm starting to lose belief that FTR is ever going to get a shot at these titles. And that's not on them. That's not on them. It's just in the booking how these have gone. I'm looking forward to the rubber match because I feel like Swerve and Keith Lee has put on great matches against the Acclaim. But this is the third big event, all out. Grand Slam and now Full Gear, we're going to see the same match for the tag team titles. And it's just like, okay, you, you know, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. But do I need to see it again? Not not on a pay-per-view. You could have put it on, on TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, back to the point, Jimmy, about uh, the, 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 you know, need a bigger boat and how sometimes let things breathe. I, I almost wonder if that is subconsciously a, if that, if, if that, if that, if Tony Khan keeps doing that because he feels this pressure of he has all he, he he goes to every building every week to TV 
and, he, and you know, and you and you look backstage, you look at catering, you look at the locker rooms, and you go, "Oh my god!" And you have all these talents, and he's such a fan, so he's a fan of all these talents he has. Which good on you to be passionate, but you also have to separate fan, you know, fan from business. And it's like I think he feels like compelled that he has to get all these guys as, as often as he can on, or else he's doing a disservice to them or whatever. And then like to a, what we kind of harp on, it's just it, it allows nothing to stand out and 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 flourish on its own so I, I but if you're no. a fan and you have all these figures to play with why are you always putting the same ones on tv mm-hmm. you could you could tell great stories over um, like uh, instead of having the same players every week you know interspersed them you can have a couple of them on on a weekly basis and then have a week off with them and introduce some other players is like and not the way they did with uh with uh cole cole carter today yeah, you know what I mean. It's not the way to do it. You, you, you know, it's just it just feels like there's so much talent there, and then, be, like you said, Justin, because they're there, we got to throw them on TV. Yeah, uh, we got some super chats. We'll get to guys. I promise. That we'll just wait mm-hmm. for the right time uh, here okay. in the show. Uh, so we got a follow up from Britt Baker. Britt Baker's back. She's going to do an interview with her interviewer Tony Schiavone. She basically says she that. does. Yeah, she does it on her time. Uh, she talks about how her and Jamie Hader they just want to wrestle. So find us a tag team, and we'll have a match this Friday. Pretty plain, cut, and dry here. But we do get uh, an answer from DMD or some kind of an answer from DMD. Yeah. Fine. If yeah. they're going to wrestle on Rampage, I don't need to see Britt Baker take another pin. That's all I'll say. I think she's taken way too many losses on TV recently. And I get that we're building momentum for Jamie Hayter. And we finally found out why she is going to be competing for that interim championship at full gear, which mm-hmm. is exciting. But then don't put Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter in a tag match that they're going to lose because then Britt Baker always ends up taking the pin. And that is your one woman that managed to become a star out of this division. So yeah. don't don't bury her. Yeah. I mean, I get trying to uh, – I mean, I, I get advertising them for a tag team match because Britt and Hayter are two of the most over women and you have this live rampage in Atlantic City. And so, I mean, I get that logic, but you're right. As long as they win, they can't go into this and, and get pinned, either one of them. Agreed. Uh, Jericho up against a former Ring of Honor champion. Could be any kind of Ring of Honor champion, and it is Colt Cabana. Cabana. Now, Colt Cabana comes out to a pretty good reaction from what was not the most raucous AEW crowd tonight in Baltimore as the show went on. Colt Mm -hmm. coming out uh, virtually fighting back tears. Mm -hmm. Uh, Certainly an emotional moment. This is his first singles match on Dynamite. Since November of last year, so almost a year to. I the wonder day. why, Lavar. Do you know? Do you have any idea why we haven't seen him in that long? You, you, you don't know. No clue. <laughs> okay, just making sure. <laughs> um, all right. Look. So, the, the, first off, I talk the match real quick. Match is fun. As if anybody, if you've never seen a Colt Cabana match, Colt, mm-hmm. you know he he he. He's one of the masters uh, of infusing comedy, but still being a credible and you know challenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly has Jericho beat, but obviously Jericho does have uh, Hager and, and company out there, so it's basically three on one. So that obviously mm-hmm. is, you know save let, let, let's Colt save face as a babyface getting this uh, the biggest singles match he's had of his AEW career. So Jericho wins, yeah. as he figured he would. Right, mm-hmm. uh, he continues on. The match is that. Let's just talk. Let's talk about the bigger picture here. So obviously i think most following this podcast know this but for just for those who are a little more casual we'll just give you the, the summarized version cole cabana cm punk former best friends once upon a time have not been best friends for a better part of a decade now um and then punk of course who we have not seen since his 
crazy rant that he went on in a po- at a press conference after All Out that he started where he just went on and just buried Cole Cabana and all the problems he's had with Cole and, and Cole shares a bank account with his mother and all, all this stuff. And, 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 and Cole Cabana is the reason why CM Punk's reason. Huh? Shut up, you know, yeah. but did, did you catch two in the yes, commentary yes, tonight? Yes, he said, Coleman, yeah. Marsha, Marsha Cabana's Marsha, baby. Yes, yes, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> so, um, you know, so basically, like, you know, obviously, you know, and, and, and Issa was joking earlier, why have we not seen Cole Cabana? Well, the big belief was because CM Punk pulled some, pulled a stroke, and, and what mm-hmm. so it's just this is so. As we hear that the internal investigation is done, as we hear all this talk of Punk's done with AEW, it'll be a buyout, whatever. As we hear that the elite, they're probably going to be coming back, you know, whatever. And then, oh, by the way, in the past week, I think it was Fightful, you know, they reported that as we learn more about all the the chaos that went down, that Chris Jericho kind of stepped in as locker room leader and went to Punk during the the, the post-mayhem after All Out and said, you're a cancer to this locker room. (laughs) And Punk said, mind your business and leave. So the fact that Jericho gets to have whatever opponent he wants to have and picks Colt Cabana, I mean, what greater booking middle finger can you present than this, Jimmy? Absolutely, and it's it, it's 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 in perfect line with how Jericho would do, would handle things. I, it just it, it screams Y two J. That's all. And and good on him for doing it because you know, hey, you know, uh, again, I don't have a personal problem with CM Punk, but I could see where others uh, that others did back in the day, and I can't talk about the atmosphere backstage at AEW because I'm not there to see it. But from what I hear, uh, there aren't too many people upset that he's not in the locker room right now. Yeah, I I, I love this uh, on a scale of zero. To getting fire on your wedding day, how petty was this move? <laughs> or is it or does it surpass getting your release paperwork on your wedding day? Like if people thought Vince McMahon was a savage for that, I feel like this was even bigger. I'm always here for the tea. I will say one thing. I know people were promised surprises tonight. And when I saw the placement of the match before we got the surprise, I was like, okay, this isn't gonna be like a return of Adam Cole. This is gonna be something different. Who is it going to be? Mm-hmm. I scream, I scream out loud when I thought it was. And it's because obviously we know the backstage deals. We know what it really represented. But at the same time, I felt very happy for Cole Cabana, who is the unspoken victim of this entire thing, right? Everybody talks about what happened to the elite, what happened to CM Punk. Nobody talks about Cole Cabana not being seen on television for that long. Sorry, my dog is bullying me. But nobody talks about it. So I was very, very happy to see him come back. However... For, for the match, another predictable match. Every match tonight yeah. felt predictable, and you yeah. knew what the result was going to be. And But overall, this this was Bravo A+. Plus. I, I loved it. I didn't have any hot tea to drink while I was watching it, though. <laughs> yeah, and I also kind of had a feeling that there was going to be some post-match uh, shenanigans as well. 90% of the time, it works 99% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, uh, so this is gonna be. I don't think we've heard last of this. Uh, no. of, of this one, this was no. this was comical. All right, we have our All Atlantic Championship match. Our All Atlantic Champion uh, Orange Cassidy up against Luchasaurus, up against Ray Phoenix. Uh, Luchasaurus is getting ready to choke slam Orange Cassidy off the stage, and out comes Jungle Boy with a chair shot uh, to Luchasaurus. 
Uh, he's ultimately going to, you know, he's ultimately going to end up, uh, you know, Christian's going to come over, they're going to fight back. Ultimately, Jungle Boy's going to take a big old dive on a Luchasaurus. They're going to go off the stage. Uh, Pac wants Phoenix to use the uh, ring bell hammer. Phoenix does not want to. Ultimately, Orange Cassie's going to hit the big punch. That's and what it was. Oh. <laughs> I thought they had made a hammer to match like their sizes. Like if you're a cruiserweight, you get this hammer, you know? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> no, not quite. I'm pretty sure it was a ring bell hammer, but I mean yeah. that's that's one way to think about it. That's one way to think that about it. Awesome. Uh more. We can't just let that be it. There's more, folks. Uh so so OC retains. Orange Cassidy retains. <clears throat> Pack attacks Orange Cassidy, just has a hatred for Orange Cassidy. Uh, then uh, Shibata from New Japan, he comes out along with the best friends. That chases off Pack, and then Shibata points to the title. And Orange Cassidy magically produced, I guess, out of his backpack uh, contract. And so that's our match for <clears throat> Friday. Yeah. Hey, th- th- don't you know that the champions carry them around in their – never mind. Uh, hey, look, Jimmy, if you're a fighting champion, you got to have paperwork ready to be notarized and signed at all times. I guess. I have yes, a paper on my wallet every time it says you want to fight me, yes or no, and you just got a mark, and that's how we go at it. So, okay. East has got a business card. It's like scissor me, check yeah. yes or no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to some super chats. Um, <laughs> Malcolm says, more money in the account for Marsha. Let's go, Marsha. Marsha. Marsha, 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 Marsha. Marsha, do that Black Friday shopping, all right? It's coming. You got that You got that AEW Dynamite money coming in. There you go. Uh, Terry Allen Jr. says, afterthoughts are the trio belts. A lot of belts to keep track of because you got two mm-hmm. companies two companies worth of belts. Yep. Yeah, at this um, point, Orange Cassidy carries his in a backpack, and I'm not even offended by it because if you're in a show where there's that many belts, who cares, honestly? Yeah. Uh, Marlon, uh, Justin Lopez will get to you uh, soon, soon, soon. Uh, so keep your super chats mm-hmm. on ice. We go backstage. Swerve Strickland's hanging with Rick Ross. Mm. And then Keith Lee comes in. Keith Lee not on the same page with Swerve. Uh, so it certainly looks like Swerve uh, you know, t- t- taking off with the audience as a heel. That's probably not what Tony Khan had envisioned for Keith Lee when he signed Keith Lee and, and Keith Lee's style. So I think this is the attempt to, okay, well, let's not squander this heel heat and momentum that Swerve seems to be able to generate, but let's try to keep Keith Lee cast in the role that we feel he's beneficial of. Uh, Issa, what do you, are you, on, are you on board with this, of, uh, of splitting Swerve and Keith Lee? Oh, my God. Uh, two singles wrestlers that got thrown together now are disagreeing. We've never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Can they coexist? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um. No, no, yep. no, but you're right. He said it's. It, I think they're they're both better off going in their own directions as opposed to trying again trying to put these two together so that you can get more talent on TV. And that's how it felt. It felt like you're just gonna, trying to get these guys on TV just to be on TV as a tag team. That's the reason they were put together as a tag team. At least that's the way I envisioned. Not envisioned it, but that's how I felt about it. Um. Yeah, so uh, off of that, uh, back to some news that we talked about earlier, uh, or at least a person we talked about earlier. Uh, breaking news just off the, uh, just off the press, uh, just mm. a little more, a little more than ten minutes ago. <clears throat> Tony Khan has tweeted 
Of course, Jeff Jarrett is all elite, and he gives some uh, color to this. He says that Jeff Jarrett is now the new AEW Director of Business Development. He looks oh. forward to expanding the AEW live events calendar in 2023 and in future years, uh, joining the great AEW team. So uh, Jeff Jarrett it sounds kind of like, in the description here, kind of what he was last doing, I think, in his WWE executive role yeah. with live events. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Jarrett gets money. That's what he does. You love to see it. Marsha and Jeff Jarrett, mm-hmm. Rich. There you go. Carney's Carney's gonna Carney and get paid. I, I'm happy. I'm 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 happy for him. I just I, yeah. <laughs> I like Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Just, uh... Oh man, that's fun. Uh, uh, where are we? Are we at about the nine thirty time area in the show now? And they that went on at nine thirty-two for the record. Huh. That tr- that train's never late. <laughs> <clears throat> that's why I put it. I put nine thirty-ish. I wrote down. <laughs> Yeah. That train is never late. Uh, it is Marina Shafir up against the TBS champion, 40 and O. Jade Cargill. Now, uh, again, at East Point, this is very predictable. Jade Cargill is not going to lose her 40 match win streak to Marina Shafir at a 930 match for TBS championship. The story here is all uh, surprise. The other things that are going on here, my big complaint is that production couldn't capture any of it right <laughs> somehow they got 12 they got 12 freaking cameras and nobody could could take the camera at the right time to capture what was going on so mm-hmm. vicky guerrero uh, maybe it has something to do with the fact that it lasted two minutes and 10 seconds of our mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was quick so i timed it it was two <laughs> minutes and 10 seconds yeah, the stopwatch going. Uh, Vicky, Vicky's screaming, excuse me. Nyla Rose is going to do commentary on the stage. I mean, commentary with a stick mic. She's not actually on headset. She's just there for mm-hmm. the arena to hear. She's doing commentary while Jay Cargo is beating up Marina Shafir. Uh, Jade almost gets counted out because she's so distracted by Nyla, but she gets back in the ring. Wait, just... they actually they, they follow the rules? Mm-hmm. Like they, they actually were counting? They, yeah, they teased the count out this one time just for the spot. They got to the count of nine. That's the first time ever. Somebody should, on, we be keeping track of these records in AEW television. Somebody on commentary made a Sesame Street Sesame Street joke. We actually the highest oh. we've ever gotten on on yep. uh, on refs counting at AEW. So yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> so she gets back in the ring. Jade hits a pump kick, then she hits the end of the jaded. So she she retains, and then you're supposed to see Kira Hogan try to sneak out behind Nyla to try to steal. Nyla has the TBS title, which she mm-hmm. stole from Jade. So she's wearing it, proclaiming that she's the real champ. Kira Hogan tries to come out and steal it. Nia lays out Kira Hogan, but you don't see any of that. But that happened. Trust right. me, it happened. If you say so, <laughs> we'll take your word for it. Yeah. I spent uh, longer was... talking talking about this than what the match actually lasted. I just want to make sure that we yeah, that no, out. No, and, and, and again, it's a situation where the production team is not uh, fully aware of what's what's happening on the show. And that's one thing that they need to be better at is to get when stuff like this happens, they have to let the production crew know that here's what's going to happen during this match or near the end of this match. So have a camera ready on standby where you can shoot it, that if we don't show it live, at least we can show it after in replay. It was a yeah. joke. It felt yeah. like a comedy segment. Mm-hmm. It was bad. It was bad. If you thought that it doesn't get any worse than the 930 spot, um, hold your beer. Hmm? Yes, he does. Yeah. 
she black daddy axe's birthday bash reminded me of this she, this is your life with rock and mankind oh that's a, uh, eh, it's a little stretch yeah. a little stretch but it don't get me wrong it was entertaining but at the same time uh the this is your life segment yeah. with rock and mankind was a was classic she black not to not to talk down not not to not to uh not to wrestle splain anything to you because you might be as old if not older than me yeah. or or hopefully you're watching that that segment live is that it happened yeah remember that segment did like eight that did like a that did like the craziest rating mm-hmm. like i think that segment was the highest rated segment in all of the attitude era you know it went on for like 25 minutes never lost i mean the audience sustained grew i think i mean that mm-hmm. that's that's up there i mean there's very few things that you can like put in the compare like i think like kevin owens chris jericho the celebration of friendship like there's certain things that have festival of friendship festival of friend there's certain bar. things that that have that have hinted at living up to that and that, and also culminated the storyline that was as long as it was whatever but so but i mean the da- the birthday bash was very fun but that that's a whole different yeah whole different level but i appreciate the nostalgia reference i always love the nostalgia nice always love nostalgia okay um hang on make sure i don't miss any uh anybody okay we get a pretty interesting vignette here. Let's talk about this one. We get, we it's a vignette. Uh, we, we Julia Hart front and center. Mm-hmm. We see her burying and wrapping in like white sheets. Uh, Malachi Black and Brody King, and the voiceover is being done by a voice that I didn't. I don't. It was yeah. the, the the most of the voiceover was not. It was a male voice. Um, it was not Black, and I don't think it was Brody. It was. I'm not sure who the voice was supposed to be, but it was this voiceover that's doing all this talk about um you know burying whatever whatever so she we see her burying like the bodies go out to sea they're getting put in the ground whatever but then the last flashes and flitters we get it does sound like malachi black and the imagery suggests that he's not dead or that he's been reborn something but he's not he's not dead and gone he's not he's not out of the picture it's 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 quite frankly it's the first uh indication we've got the malachi black we've heard rumors of maybe want to take time off maybe want to even leave the company and go back to wb this is the first indication on tv we have that he is in fact still part of AEW's creative. Issa, did you did, did I interpret everything the same way you did, or did you pick up on more? I didn't pick up on anything. I was too disturbed by the green screen work that they did with that ocean scene. It was horrible. <laughs> Production <laughs> value here was worse than me learning how to edit a YouTube video. Wow. It, it was like, it was like, what did you really think? <laughs> I mean, I, I was trying to focus on the on the intrigue, but she went right to the heart of it. I mean, she like, like I, I'm sitting here going. Well, it's got potential and there's story, and then she's just. There you go. Yeah. You know, uh, I will say, now that you say that, it is kind of like, you know, for my Wayne's World people out there, (laughs) look, we're in Delaware. (laughs) (laughs) They're in front of the Delaware beach green screen. Right. Oh, I got to tell you, uh, um, I'm kind of in between on this one. If it is. the rebirth of, of of Malachi Black. Hopefully, this time they stick with it and they take their time and let him become what he needs to become, as opposed to them, you know, pulling the plug on something because whatever. And again, when you talk about production values, it, it helps when the production it, it doesn't help. Sorry, my bad. It doesn't help when the production values are not good because it tends to take people out of the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's what you notice as opposed to the, you know, when you say, oh, that was a great little segment. They did a great little vignette. They did. That, what did you see when the screen, you know, 
it just takes you out of it. 1,000%. I thought it was a commercial for a reality show or something. <laughs> All right. It is time for your main event on Ring of Honor Dynamite. It is Brian Cage challenging Ring of Honor World TV champion Samoa Joe. I, I think I've said it before, but I, I put it in a tweet. I have to say it again. Again, that just drives me nuts. Ring of Honor, Ring Announcer, Ring of Honor Commentators, Ring of Honor Title, Ring of Honor Graphics, mm -hmm. Ring of Honor Rules. But the referees are still in AEW Dynamite Ref Shirts. Right. I don't. I, it sticks with me. Just, just go all in. If you're going to go all in, just go. I mean, you're, you're even putting... you even bring out a Ian Riccoboni on your commentary from you know. I That's mean, what I mean. From, yeah, yeah. It's just, it, yeah. I agree with you. I agree. I, with I you. mean, I, I, and again, if, if, if we're already past it, we have to accept it. If, if you're going to infuse Ring of Honor in the show, fine. You've gone all. You've gone nine of the ten steps all the way by doing everything else, graphics, everything else. That's just of like. It's supposed to be a Ring of Honor sanctioned match, so shouldn't it be Ring of Honor uh, officials, at least brand mm -hmm. officials? I hear you. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Samoa Joe wins. At least change the shirt. Change the shirt. <laughs> Joe chokes him out, as you figured. Again, predictable, uh, but also not the only submission that we got tonight. So whatever. whatever. Mm -hmm. Joe chokes him out. More of the embassy comes in, and Prince Nana's guys. Wardlow comes out to clear those guys, but then Powerhouse Hobbs he comes out to take out Wardlow. Mm. Again. We, 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 you know, glad Jeff Jarrett should have ended the damn show. Yeah. That, Start uh, the show with this if you want. Mm -hmm. But again, another match uh, of uh, pretty much all the matches ended with too much gaga and haha -ha afterwards, as we used to say back in the day. It just, uh, you know, every match should be different in some respect at the end. But when every match ends and you're expecting some aftermath after every match, uh, come on. It, it just it it needs to be toned down. I can understand having it maybe uh, once or twice on every show, but at the same time, when you have it after every single match on the show, that is really too too redundant. Uh, Isa Stella Just Lopez says, "How confusing must it be if you're a casual fan and want to get into AEW, and then you see all this ROH stuff all over the show." Yeah, we see more Ring of Honor than we're seeing Dynamite. And and I do think that trying to squeeze 20 pounds of potatoes into a 10-pound sack has been hurting Dynamite television. It really has. And, and you also have to question, why is Brian Cage getting this opportunity? I get that he won a couple of matches on Dark, but AEW got away with the ranking. ranking. So winning on Dark means absolutely nothing. Nobody's seeing it. So last time we saw him on TV on a singles match, he was losing to Warlow. So what grants him an opportunity at Samoa Joe's title? Then we saw FDR defeat and Sean Spears defeat the embassy. Like We haven't seen them win matches. So why is he now getting a shot at the title? I, I, there's a lot of confusion in the booking here. Yeah. Brian Brian Cage, uh, and this is not on him. This is all. I mean, it's not like he decides. It's not like he goes to Tony Khan and says, "This is what I want my, the result of my match to be." So this is not at Brian Cage. This is at the this is at the booking of Brian Cage. Brian Cage is like the biggest baddest thing you could buy at a fireworks store in July. That turns out to be the Gilbert Sparkler every time you you light it. He looks like he's going to be one of those big mortars that's just going to be explode in the sky and be a grand finale. I mean, and, and he's like the uh, he, he's like the ending of the death match explosion that Eddie Kingston had to save uh, Moxley from. Uh, oh, you know, goodness. it's like it's like Never it's like forget. you know. Never forget. I mean, it's 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 it's. 
yeah. little bottle rocket. I mean, Brian Cage, he, he looks the way he looks, and every they've tried they tried him in team. They've tried all these times to like make you think, make you care, and then it's just like. I mean, Do you think it's because he has the crazy beard and the crazy haircut? Like, I feel you should be allowed to just one. I think maybe the both is affecting the booking. You should just have a crazy <laughs> beard or a crazy haircut. But once you have both, well, yeah. I, I, well, who knows? That could definitely be a problem there. But and also the other thing too is we talk about you know main eventing. What should have main evented? Perception is reality here, and the way it almost felt like tonight they treated the. ROH titles as being more significant than the AEW titles. And that's how it came across to yeah. me anyways. And I'm thinking, this is the AEW dynamite. And yes, I want, I, I hope they, you know, get a TV deal for ROH so they can, and I get, and I understand having Chris Jericho as your uh, ROH world heavyweight champion, because he's a big name guy with that title. But at the same time, you're making that, though that, that, supposedly yes they're owned by the same guy we get it but at the same time you're making that brand feel more important at least tonight in the way they not just tonight not just tonight well it's been a couple of it's been a long time since we're seeing more ring of honor than actual fair fair action this what this what this is what concerns me about society justin says cage is trash okay i just freaking said this is not brian cage this is this is the booking of brian cage do you mm-hmm. think Brian Cage is going to go and say, yeah, I like my booking to be patterned somewhere around premature ejaculation. Make me look really big and then have me end as fast as possible. No, I just said he looks like a million bucks and you're putting, you're trying to put him in these spots. How did you not hear that? I don't think you call him trash. I believe you call him a sparkler. And also, a... it, can be, it can be premature ejaculation when you save him for the end of the show. They would have put him mm-hmm. in the beginning of the show. Then that definitely premature ejaculated. Fair enough. Marlon Jackson, 999 Super Chat, says, I got to be honest, Double J, Shibata, Rick Ross, ratings grab. I need TK, get his focus on storylines, not ratings. Also, Starks won the feud, but Hobbs has been on TV ever I since. I miss Ricky Bad Starks. Mm. Mm. Hmm? I miss Ricky Starks. Yeah. yeah. Marlon sent that uh, like a half hour ago. We've been sitting on it. I was waiting for the time yeah. to use it. No, no. He, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say he's wrong. I mean, not obviously uh it seems like uh tk is definitely more concerned with ratings as opposed to sustaining and drawing in a new audience i don't know I'm just uh yeah they uh, always sit steady at the same number week after week or or mm-hmm. just around right it's always between this viewership mm-hmm. and this viewership they're not getting new viewers and you should probably question mm-hmm. why yeah I, all i'm gonna say is that i mean if they don't get some kind of like I mean, they better get some kind of big moolah to, to feature ROH and get it distributed somewhere. That's, I mean, if that happens, like if he if if he gets some deal that that overshoots all of our expectations for what Ring of Honor has ever gotten in the past or what it's worth, mm-hmm. then I think our criticisms can only go so far. We have to say, okay, he obviously had a plan and it, it delivered financially that he gave this much primetime dynamite real estate to Ring of Honor and was able to convince mm-hmm. whomever in a distribution deal. But if that doesn't happen. I mean, what are we doing? Like, what? Yeah. Do you, what? What's happening here? Like, why? Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, do you think that the networks, or maybe not, because you're putting these titles on like somebody like Jericho, right? So it's still a draw for TBS slash TNT. But at some point, does somebody say, "Hey, we signed up for AW Dynamite"? Right. <laughs> what yeah. are you doing here? <laughs> let me let me let me give let me give what I think is a very fair. Like, we are we are all 
uh, we're not knee deep. I mean, we're, we're up to the nose in it and, and, and knee deep, you know, knee deep. No, we're up to the nose in the trenches of pro wrestling. We, can, we, yeah, we can, the three of us and then much of the people in this community, we consume this stuff. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. We're, 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 we have a glutton appetite for this, for how much we consume and talk about it and analyze and remember. And we, I mean, I got to, we, we take notes. Jimmy's got notes. You got notes. He's a, mm-hmm. so, Let's take it to the most casual, basic perspective, especially from like casual viewer, uh, TV executives making decisions on what they're going to spend their hundreds of millions of dollars on. The most notable, the biggest stage the Ring of Honor's ever had was the fact that it was their ring and their backdrop used in the final scene of a movie that was nominated for a Best Picture once. Mm-hmm. Randy, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. Randy the Ram. The wrestler, uh, which came out what fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. the wrestlers' finals, the big final match between Randy the Ram and and and, and the Ayatollah, they did it in a Ring of Honor ring and a Ring of Honor venue, and, mm-hmm. and Ring of Honor was only what maybe five years old at that point. That's the most eyes that have ever once in one sitting been on the ROH letters and brand. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's been ten thousand people in the, in the Manhattan Center at this point, and. Whatever, whatever, but it is a controlled repeat audience that watches and is going to watch no matter what. Mm-hmm. That, that's the biggest thing that the ROH brand has ever been in front of, and like the grand scheme of things. And it, it, like, that's what I mean is like put it in perspective. Like he's a Tony Khan's a huge fan of Ring of Honor. He's, he's a huge fan of wrestling. It's like, but is this brand like why you just pay all this money for AEW? Just buy all the talent for Ring of Honor mm-hmm. that you like. Why would you want to have a, sep- a separate competing brand unless you're going to treat that second brand? kind of like your feeder system, kind of like what NXT is to WWE, but mm. in that case, Raw and SmackDown are not giving this much time to NXT. Like, mm-hmm. well, why would you? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, again, uh, going to need a bigger boat s- scenario with that as well. And, you know, like with something like ROH, which, yes, uh, you said, like with Randy the Ram, that was the most eyes that had ever been on uh, those three letters ever. But and ROH had a syndicated television deal. It wasn't like they were on every Monday night on USA Network or every Wednesday night on TBS or or every Friday night on wherever Fox or right. you know. It, it was a syndicated TV show, which was on at different times in different areas of the country. And, they, and, it, and, and, and sometimes it's not. I mean, and, not, and t- take nothing away. I mean, that, that it, every deal is something to step up. But like, yeah, I mean, some of their deals, you're 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 getting the 11 a.m. on on Saturday uh, right. run. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. I I I I don't I don't know when it comes to the casual viewer. I can tell you one thing. My mom is a huge wrestling fan, and every time I'm over there, I cannot get her to get into AW, no matter what. And I always mm-hmm. ask her why. She and she was a big fan of some of the former WWE faces that you see there. Mm-hmm. She's been watching WWE for as long as I can remember. That's where I get it from. Mm-hmm. She hates it. She says sometimes the matches are boring. She criticized how they're either too long, too convoluted. I, I love hearing mm-hmm. her story. She's like, I know who these people are, but I'm not invested in who they're going against. And 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 that's the thing. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta see what market. And, and I don't think also that AW caters to a market like my mom in her age, right? right? They're also catering. It, it, but when it comes to that, then that market that you're catering, are they going to know who Jeff Jarrett is? Are they, you know, there's a lot of things that you have mm-hmm. to 
wondering. FYI, we might get a not a non-hitter at the World Series, which hasn't happened since like 1956. So, mm -hmm. just saying. Yeah, it, the first year <laughs> Dynamite. Update. The first year Dynamite feels so much. The first year Dynamite felt like a rock oh. show. It really yeah. did, and it felt like you had new, you had just new talents, new new people you hadn't. You know, with 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 a few rubs of a Jericho and a few rubs, but it was such a different energy. It almost it to the point like of, a, it felt like an alternative. Yes, they, yeah. they, they weren't competing. They were something different, and at some point they try to compete, and that's when mm. the ties shifted for me because I mm. did think. And again, I, I shared this with you guys in the past. I walked out of All Out 2021, took the trip to full gear because I really thought after seeing All Out, this company is awesome, mm. and something happened in the last few months. And I'm sorry, the one thing that I can think about is all the Ring of Honor incorporation into the show. I didn't watch mm -hmm. Ring of Honor. I never been big on Ring of Honor. I follow it. I know the story, but it wasn't something I was tuning into all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I, I mean, look, the, the 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 biggest names that Ring of Honor ever produced, most most of them, well, one of them you've you've <laughs> you tried. <laughs> it looks like he's done forever with you and CM Punk. You know, yeah, Joe's there. You have Claudio there, but the the rest of them are, are guys that are that are uh, you know that are that are guys that are made men in WWE and probably aren't leaving WWE. Exactly. You know, and, so. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I think I think the best bet right here. Yes, I, I get it with Chris Jericho as their champion. That it, it does make them feel like there is an importance there. But maybe it is time to think of them as their feeder system, their developmental brand, or something like that. I mean, as much as NXT, they tried hard to make it a third brand. It is kind of a third brand, but at the same time. It, it it still does feel like a, a developmental brand, a feeder system. And if you got away with the with the rankings, then what is the point of dark and elevation? Why not turn it into you have the Universal Studios settings that you already have mm -hmm. where you're taping every week? Mm -hmm. Why not try to use that and see where it goes? I don't know. I, I think everybody like like Lavar always says, you know, armchair bookers. Like we can all come up with ideas, and and mm -hmm. maybe he's trying to do what he feels is best for him. But yeah, monkey, I'm. I'm Amanda says in the chat, Brian Danielson, but it's just like, yeah, and look at where he's sitting. He felt like a huge deal when he debuted it, and now he just feels like one of the guys. And and like and like you you said earlier, Justin, you know, yes, TK is a big fan, but sometimes when you're the boss, you have to put that fandom aside and let business take over. You have to put the business, your business first. And yes, you want to, you want to be fair to your talent. There's one thing. There's a difference between being fair and being and showing favoritism. He has to stop. I don't want. I don't want to say not be friends with these guys because you can still be friends with these guys, but at the same time, there has to be an understanding that, you know, when it comes to business, I have to take care of business first. Yeah, that's you know, and we could God, we could do an hour on this, especially oh, you, Jimmy, especially you, because Jimmy, uh, what I'm about to reference you, this is the time where you came up, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll close it down here in a second, but um. Mm -hmm. You say what you want about Vince, but I mean, we, we, we can't argue. Obviously, Vince had 40 years of success and, and took WWF into, into what it you know is now. I always, when you hear about the stories of how Vince, especially in the 80s and then even in the early 90s, Vince would still be seen out with the boys. You know, there's some famous, you know, there's some famous stories of him, you know, uh, having a few soda pops being driven around by Sergeant Slaughter, showing up at the strip club with, the, you know, and. You know, wrestling with the talent, having some fun, and this and that. It's like you hear about those stories, and yeah, Vince was still able to obviously 
fire guys when he, you know, fire and ultimate warrior when he's getting held up for money. And, and it still, still did business, but like as the bigger things got, and of course, as you move towards uh, the, the turn of the century, when the company goes public and I think October 99, you know, at that point, you know, you really need to separate and you really need to be executive and not, you know, it's like, and I, I do think there's something that can be learned from that journey of like, yeah, it's great to, it's great to have a certain mutual respect with the guys, but you got to be able to, you really got to be able to separate yourself and just, and, and, and as, as, as cold as, as it might sound like, at, 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 if it's what's best for business, you, you got to be able to cut them, cut that story. And, and, and at the moment's notice, you can't, I don't know. Yeah. That's, or it does get feel some creative matches to um, creative minds backstage and get a creative team and a team of writers that help you write storylines for this big bloated roster that you do have so that people mm -hmm. can become invested because a lot of times you get more invested into storylines than you do the actual matches like i go back and look at last friday smackdown what did i enjoy both of them were segments bray wyatt and the bloodline segment talking about mm -hmm. being oozy that had nothing to yeah. do with the in-ring action oh, but you're yeah. telling a story and people like that but nothing here feels like like there's a backbone to it right, right now. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, yeah. the, sometimes the biggest fans buying into the power sheet doesn't always, uh, you know, dance, dance. Snyder was a lifelong Redskins fan, and look how much he screwed this thing up. And thank God we're finally going to get him out of here. Uh, I, had, I had to get that shot in there. Let's get him the hell out. Uh, my my final shot will go out to, to Tony Chimmel. Hey, see what my Leafs did to your Flyers tonight. Anyways, that's it. <laughs> Uh, we'll let Peter with the super chat here be the last one to go to. What type of impact will Jarrett have in AEW? This smells like Bischoff and Heyman, WWE directors of Raw and SmackDown, but Vince was still in control. Uh, a different role, yeah, different kind of role. Tough to, and it's tough to say, Peter, because you, you know, uh, again, like I said earlier in the show, it depends on. He's a very knowledgeable guy. Jeff Jarrett is a smart guy. He knows this business inside and out. Uh, it's it's a matter of what do they take from him. What do they listen? What do they, you know, what do they use from him? They obviously he could give them all kinds of uh, suggestions and stuff like that. But what do they take and and absorb from that? I will say, according to the ticket sales and some of the numbers that we're seeing and the venues getting smaller, I do think they could use some help in the live events aspect of things mm -hmm. and maybe how to how to sell some more tickets here. So whatever mm -hmm. it is that Jeff Jarrett ends up doing, like I said, he's a great mind to have and and bounce ideas with. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We don't exactly, we don't have, all we have is a tweet from Tony Khan. So we don't have full clarity on the, on the, we don't have like the in-depth job description of what Jeff's going to be trying, like what his, what are his key performance mm -hmm. indicators, you know, you know, business term, like what is he going to be measured on to do? But um, yeah, I mean, again, this is a guy who has had wrestling promotion in his entire, for three generations, yeah. obviously, you know, even with his global force wrestling and with impact, you know, he was always been very in tune with doing live events and booking shows and getting paid shows and this and that. So um, I, 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 I think it's worth a shot, Peter. I don't, I don't think this is, I don't, it's an apples to oranges to the mm -hmm. Bischoff Heyman creative that you uh, related, compared it to what I, what I actually, my number one question, if Tony Khan was on here right now, my number one question to him about this topic would be, is is by hiring Jeff in this title and role, mm -hmm. is this a sign of in 2023 for both branding exposure and potentially revenue? Is this a sign that AEW is going to start to like run house shows? Mm -hmm. Everybody, everybody tells how AEW's a, a nice travel schedule because you, you you show up and you do TV once a week, maybe twice a week if if, if the if the schedule calls for it with a live rampage or a pay-per-view mm -hmm. does this mean you're going to start to try to work in some non-tv shows 
to get into more markets to get in front of more eyes. That's what mm-hmm. I would want to know because that's a big deal. Yes. It's got a lot of potential risk. It's got a lot of potential reward. The biggest risk being everybody in AEW has touted, especially if they've done the Stanford schedule, they go, oh, my God, it's so much better not having to be on the road as much. If you start mm-hmm. doing that, now all of a sudden you yeah. take that you take that shiny element away from things. Mm-hmm. That'd be my question. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that has nothing. Maybe they won't do house mm-hmm. shows. But I'm just and I will say this, Peter: that I can't speak for Bischoff, but with someone like Heyman, Heyman was always open to people uh, talking to him and suggesting things. Paul Heyman never met an argument he didn't like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually said that to him. I got him to pop. <laughs> cool. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up. Mm-hmm. Do some final plugs. Oh, by the way, I, I couldn't. T- I, I, we would have never got the show done if I would have took every single chat, but like there's tons of compliments on how great you're looking tonight. You're sparkling, you're bling, mm-hmm. you're popping. So uh, get, get, uh, speak to your people. Yes. <laughs> Everybody can find me on YouTube at NYC Demon Diva. We'll be doing watch alongs for all of the shows. Raw, NXT, Dynamite, SmackDown will be live for Crown Jewel this weekend. You guys can also find me here, Lucha Libre Online, Know Your News. I'm basically everywhere. I'm slowly taking over the world. So just go find me. Tease your upcoming interview that you, and, and, th- and that you could have got licked. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I had I had a fun time talking to Luke from the Bushwashers today. That will be up on Lucha Libre Online very very soon. That was I had a blast. My dog is bullying me. Is it on video? Yeah, it's on video. Did you at <laughs> least did you at least do the bushwhacker walk? I did not, but I think he knew that I was very curious to talk to him about his time in WWC in Puerto Rico. So he actually picked the Zoom background that looks like a beach so he could pretend he was in Puerto Rico. (laughs) It was great. It was a fun time. They do have a book. Uh, They do have a book. It's available now on Amazon. So everybody want to hear some crazy stories from the Bushwhackers time on the road. Go find it on Amazon. It's called Bloodshed and Shears, the Bushwhacker story. So you so you, you interviewed Luke? Look, look, yeah, it, it, um, Butch it, couldn't make the interview. Uh, Butch, I was going to ask, Butch's health has been bad. Is that, am I, am I he's, that He up? seems to be doing okay. He's actually the second oldest performer, like wrestling performer that's still out there, you know, doing appearances and doing wow. all that. He made sure to talk about that in the interview. The second, he's almost 80 and he was in great spirits today, um, but Butch was not able to make the interview. So I spoke to Luke and I spoke to John, who is the person that helped him write the book. Very cool, very cool. We'll uh, be looking out for that on Issa's channel. Jimmy, plug it away. Obviously, like like tonight on Wednesdays night, you can find the three of us here. Uh, you can find me on Mondays, uh, usually with Triple J, with uh, Jack Farmer and Justin and myself. And uh, y- y- Issa and I will be back this uh, Saturday after Crown Jewel with uh, Raj. And during the week, you can catch me on all my social media outlets with my ref and rants from Monday to Friday. And uh, again, not meant to tear down, but to just give a critique and have some fun and hopefully build up what is a great time to be a wrestling fan. I love your refing rants. I always watch them before I start my workouts for some reason. Oh, thank you. Gets her motivated. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> At Justin LaBar, across the socials, do what you got to do. Like I said, like, subscribe, share, all those great things. And remember, if today's tip is if you learn nothing else from this podcast, it's that 20 pounds or actually it's 10 pounds of potatoes in a 20 pound bag. Or 20 pounds of potatoes rather than a 10-pound bag. That can make mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. But 20 pounds of shit in a 10-pound bag just makes diarrhea. 
So it's no good for anybody. So let's stick with potatoes. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.